Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Well, it's that time of year again. The Shamrock Shake has returned to McDonald's, and competitors are carrying equally delicious but dubiously named Irish-flavored shakes. <laughs> but more than that, dye the Chicago River green, change all the Lucky Charm marshmallows green, and tell Sam I am, yes, I will eat green eggs and ham. Yes, it's St. Patrick's season once again. Not a major holiday, but it's one I enjoy. Many of you know that I'm a pastor, and that means that most holidays bring some rather high demands. So I've learned to enjoy the lesser holidays like Free Comic Book Day, Thanksgiving, and St. Patrick's Day. And for me, St. Patrick's Day means four things. One, re-watching the awesome St. Patty's Trinity video from the Lutheran satire. Check the show notes for the links. Two, corned beef and cabbage. Three, watching the Star Trek Next Generation episode of Up the Long Ladder. And four, producing a leprechaun story by Matt McKinney. Oh, and consuming Irish flavored shakes. So five things. St. Patrick's Day means five things to me. Five. Anyway, Matt McKinney is a janitor, a.k.a. toilet jockey, at a Catholic school in Louisville. He lives with Roelf and enjoys Star Trek, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings, among many other geeky pursuits. When Matt's not jockeying his skills, he's tirelessly cranking out YouTube episodes of his series P.O.S.T.O.S., which is a crazy awesome review riff commentary show of really bad Star Trek episodes. Once again, he's in the midst of Not Our Savior Month, where he explores the hack job a number of episodes do on religion. Be sure to check out one of the latest episodes on Star Trek's Top 10 Omnipotools, which are false deities who are really actually horrible persons. That's right, Omnipotools. Lots of those in Star Trek. I enjoy the show, and Matt and off-screen Kim's sense of humor is awesome. So check out the show notes for some of the direct links. In addition to this, Matt has a regular segment called Trek Talk on the Spirit Blade Underground podcast over at ChristianGeekCentral.com. This month's story is a sequel to episode 20's story, The Saving Thunderclap, so be sure to listen to that one too. But if you don't want to, don't worry, they're both standalone stories. So now, gather around the fire and listen to this tale by Matt McKinney, Thick as Thieves. I'll bet ye didn't know that leprechauns aren't rich. That's right. Our gold's not our gold, if ye follow. Our job's to warn mankind. And a stash of wish-fulfilling gold's the finest tool I've seen in my, well, many years, on this fine and flawed world. So mayhaps ye'll not scoff that this tale begins as I was at the bank. I wasn't stashing my magical coins in the vault, nor was I observing some poor cashier to make her a life lesson for others. No, I was there making a deposit on me lunch break, and I was not having a good day. Ah, I see you're surprised that the leprechaun has a job, and a boring one at that. 
In case you didn't already know, leprechauns aren't the wily little fellows from the storybooks, dressing entirely a certain color, dancing like fools and hiding golds in pots at the end of rainbows. Might as well try to steal me cereal with marshmallows. And for the record, I prefer cranberry muffins for breakfast, if ye must be informed. I'm Irish, not a cartoon. I've clearly been around for quite a few years now, and I've experienced a crime or two in me time on Earth. Generally, I give crooks what they ask for, if they're only asking for money. I don't like seeing them get paid for their thieving, but I'd like dying for it even less. Of course, more than one simpleton highwayman, or muggers, winded up a warning courtesy of me Irish charms and their own greed. So let's not discount anything just yet. When a pair of fellas burst into the bank, screaming and waving their guns around like maniacs, I weren't thinking of no heroics. I pay my taxes so the boys in blue, who actually know what they're doing, can drop these little pimples into the tank. I'm only saying this so you don't think me a coward for not trying to stop them. Firstly, me leprechaun magic isn't at my disposal. I could have a handful of bullets, really powerful ones, but without a gun or something else to hurl them, I'd just be throwing expensive paperweights. It takes the will of a human being to make me wishes potent. Which is why anyone who knows anything about leprechauns could tell ye not to make a wish from one. One of the blokes, a tall, thin, dark fella, stood near the door, right beneath the video camera, and passed his gun back and forth in front of us, shouting for us to hand over our wallets and purses. The other fella, a tall, but then to a guy like me most men are tall, though not as tall as the other guy, Fair-skinned guy was walking around amongst us customers, grabbing purses and wallets and keeping an eye on the teller's hands. They didn't want any silent alarms tripped. Though I suspected that a bank as sophisticated as this one has some foot buttons, too. These guys were smart. They weren't even going to the cashiers, knowing all the tricks and traps banks use on robbers. One die pack or IR tag would ruin their little outing, after all. No, these were clever thieves, stealing only the money that had already been handed over to the customers before they had arrived. The collector came to me, and I casually took my watch and dropped it in the cloth sack he was collecting the goods in. I guess I must looked too calm or something, because he suddenly grabbed me and started frisking me up and down. Not my favorite banking experience, believe you me. Hey, the blonde goon called out to his buddy as my heart sank. This guy's got another wallet. Not no more he don't, the other called out. Get the rest, and we're gone. He yanked me other wallet from its secret pocket along me thigh, and with a nauseatingly smug look, dropped it in the sack and moved on to the last few customers. With no more incidents, they dashed out of the bank less than four minutes from when they'd first arrived. The sirens I heard getting louder bore testament to the closeness of their escape, but I barely thought of that. I had another problem. The secret wallet was where I kept me magic gold coins. Here is an oddity I bet ye didn't know about leprechauns. We move through empty spaces. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's not a big deal. Everything moves through empty spaces, but that's because you're not understanding. When I say through empty spaces, I mean that we can skip past a patch of area, like moving from one corner of a room to the other without all that pesky walking across the rest of the room in between. How? 
truth be told, I don't know the nuts and bolts of it, but I can tell ye that it's tied to our gold. And we can only do it either when we're already pretty close to our gold, or else we can just skip right to where our gold is, if it not be with us. No leprechaun worth his or her salt could be missing gold, and not always know right where it is. I'm telling ye this now. So ye don't go and think I'm cheating the story to say that I showed up right in the same room as these thieves, apparently just minutes after they locked down their hideout. Suffice it to say, they were a wee bit surprised to find me in their hidey hole of an apartment. What the hell are you doing here? The tall man shouted after I'd been patiently waiting for nearly a full minute. They'd been watching the streets for police pursuit and such, so they hadn't even thought that someone would be in the kitchen. Listen, lads. I said as evenly as I could. I don't mean to make your day any harder than it's been, but I'm going to need my second wallet back, if you don't mind. Or even if you do, truth be told. You're the guy with the secret stash, the other thug said, as if he'd figured out some dark secret. If you'll just show me where you've hidden your loot, I'll be grabbing me wallet and ye still get the rest. I really didn't expect they'd comply, but I wanted to give them a chance to avoid becoming a warning to others, like so many before had. The taller man produced the gun he'd so studiously kept trained on the bank patrons earlier, this time training it solely on me. As quick as I was, even I wasn't sure I could dodge a bullet from less than ten feet away. I've got no objection to your just getting it for me, I said with a quick smile. Give me one reason why I shouldn't blow your head off, little man, the robber said, not a hint of a smile on his face. At this, I sighed. I had hoped not to have to do this again, but... Get the wallet, and I'll show ye, I said. The gunman just scoffed. How stupid do you think I... Here it is! The other shorter man dashed back into the room with the sack he'd carried at the bank. Carl, what are you doing? The taller man asked with an annoyed expression. I want to see his reason, Carl said pleadingly. Maybe he'll give us a reward. With what money, moron? The other man said. The cash in the wallet you're holding right now? I keep my cash in my other wallet, I said. The wallet, I'm not concerned with losing. The cash is ours now, little man the other thug said. So's whatever's in the other wallet. Carl? At that signal, Carl opened the wallet he'd frisked off me, and out fell seven gold coins, unadorned and undamaged, like perfect, just-made discs of truest gold. Well, 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 not Carl said smugly. I see why you wanted this back. How much is this stuff worth? It depends, Oi said, letting a hint of a smile I didn't mean creep onto me face. On what? the man asked, tilting his gun sideways to needlessly emphasize his question. On your imagination, lads, Oi said. You've got me. I'm a leprechaun, and that's me gold there. Since you've caught me gold, and thus you've caught me, ye get one wish for each coin ye take. But be warned. Carl was already dumping out the wallet, dropping a stream of golden discs onto the floor. Before I could finish me warning, the dunce had emptied the wallet and stood before a pile innumerable. Of course, being a leprechaun, I knew precisely how many coins had been in me wallet. What ye have there is 2,746 wishes, good fellows, Oi said. 
The other, apparently smarter thief, just stared blankly at me while Carl fell to his knees and cackled, though I suspected he didn't know the full extent of the wealth before him, to say nothing of the risks that wealth entailed. What do you mean, wishes, Leppy? The other man asked, though his eyes constantly darted back from me to the pile of avarice incarnate. His gun surely held on me out of habit, not intent. I mean that I'll grant ye both the boon of my kind. For each coin ye take, ye get one wish. But lest ye think this is a fortune without risks, there are some limits and such to consider. Such as? The dark-skinned man asked, pocketing his gun. I cannot give ye what cannot happen. If ye want to live forever, ye'd best be talking to God. No flying, no breeding fire, and no growing twenty stories tall. That's the limit. If it can happen, it can happen. If it can't, it can't. Also, once ye've taken the coins, whatever the number, anywhere from zero to 2,746, you're stuck with them wishes. Given enough time, the wishes start to make themselves, and ye cannot stop them. Take all ye want, but know that ye will wish all ye take. Let's take them all, Carl said, his voice nearly breaking with childish glee. I guess I couldn't have blamed him, if I stopped to think about things from his perspective. It'd be like suddenly owning a candy store for an hour, and only an hour. You've got to grab what you can, but where to start? These rules of yours, the other man asked. Not mine, I pointed out. These rules are just the reality. Fine, we can't get the impossible. But what about the improbable? Say I asked for the luck to win the lottery. Would that fly? Could I even win twice or three times, since it's possible? Ye could, I offered, then added. If ye could stand to pay the taxes, too, each win would have to be its own wish, too, I'm afraid. Trouble with the lottery is that it's still a system that people run. So do ye want that? Before I grant ye any wishes, ye need to pick your number of coins. The man stood in silence for a moment, and I knew exactly what he'd do. There are only a few type of humans in the world, and once ye learn the basics of a person, an experienced dealer, like a centuries-old leprechaun, can know how he'll jump even before he's pricked. I don't want no lottery, he said. We'll take a thousand coins right here and now. Ready for my first wish? Carl's face was almost splitting in half. He was grinning so hard, and my face fell. I'm sure the robbers thought I was feeling a fool for getting tricked, but I knew where this one would end. Robbers are not exactly a new type of person in the world, after all. I wish for the cops to never find out who robbed the bank today. The man said formerly. Is that clear enough? Absolutely, I said, picking up me wallet. I left the coins on the floor, and once I'd winked at the two men, all but 999 coins instantly vanished from the floor. I didn't show it, but even through the space-saving magic of me bag, I felt the surge of weight as the coins reappeared in me secret wallet. I didn't really cause it, since the forces I serve can do their work without me advice, but I know enough of how they work to be able to guess that somewhere, at that moment, several minds were suddenly forgetting crucial details, and several video camera recordings were failing with no discernible cause. There's one more thing I forgot to mention, fellas, I said. If ye want out of the contract we've just made here, just talk to me next year when I come to visit, and we'll discuss the Thunderclap Clause.
As promised, next year I found myself face to face with the dark-skinned man. Gone was the shabby clothes and rundown apartment. He stood dressed in a fine suit in a large sitting room, a beautiful woman sitting beside him. I see you've been succeeding, I said, startling the man. So where's Carl? Brenda, would you excuse us? The man told his lady friend, eyeing me awkwardly. The coin holders so often forget the source of their luck until I'm staring them in the face on my yearly visits. The woman smiled and stepped out of the room. What are you doing here? He asked with gritted teeth. Keeping me promise, I said nonchalantly as I strolled through the room. It was quite decadently styled, with smooth lines and soothing colors, largely in reds and blues. Ah, right. I forgot. Well, things are going great, and I don't need anything from you for the time being. Thank you very much. What about Carl? I asked. He's as much a holder of the coins as ye are. I don't see it that way, the man said. Your conditions were laid out to me, not him. I accepted the coins, and I alone will decide. We'll, we'll take, take a thousand, thousand coins right, right here, here and now. now. I said with an uncanny, and if his face was any indication disturbing, reproduction of the man's voice. The contract was for the two of ye, and ye both get the right to know about the Thunderclap Clause. He's running an errand, the man said, shaking. He'll be back in about two and a half hours. Any good movies, then? I asked, sitting on his luxuriant sofa without further invitation. And ye might as well invite your lovely friend back in, too. I'm not going until Carl's with ye. Why anyone enjoys James Cameron's Avatar, I'll never understand. But the movie was nearly over when the door opened and a familiar voice sounded out that he was home. Carl came in and saw the three of us sitting together on the sofa, and when he saw me, his face beamed with familiar excitement. You came back! He gasped, running over to me. What a relief! We've run low on coins and I was hoping you'd... Carl! The other man snapped. Carl shut right up and waited while the man dismissed his date. When she had left the room, and from the slam of the front door of the house as well, the man continued, I'm sorry, but I don't want our troubles getting out. What troubles, Walter? Carl asked. The leprechaun's back, and we can get more wishes. I'm afraid not, Oi said. I'm here to see if ye need the thunderclap, but I cannot give ye any more wishes. By my count, ye still have 43 coins left? My shock at this number was no charade. I'd been noticing a great deal of coins returning to me, but I'd not bothered to keep track until now. No one had burned through their wishes like that in such a short time. Carl hasn't been very careful, Walter said bitterly. He keeps trying his stuff out on the wrong marks. I thought the casino was an easy job, Carl said. They had so much money and I had the wishes, so... Do you have any idea who runs the casinos in Vegas? Walter asked heavily, apparently forgetting I was there. Just hiding your mistakes on that one burned through almost a hundred coins. So, are ye interested in ending the deal? I offered. The thunderclap will end the deal before any further damage is... Forty-three wishes are not a problem, but from now on, only I will be making any wishes with them, Walter said, his eyes not leaving Carl's. As I said earlier, Carl's got as much as right as ye to make these wishes. If ye want to work something out, that's between ye two.
I'm just here to make sure that you're not wanting to get out of the deal. We're just fine, Walter said. You can go now. I stood up to leave, and Walter, probably as some sort of power play, stood up and walked out of the room, as if to say that he was the one calling the shots. I just smiled and took a few steps, and as if I'd actually caused it rather than just seen it coming from miles away, Carl stepped close to me and made a wish directly to me, quietly, so Walter wouldn't hear. The next year, there were only six coins left when I reappeared, but this time there'd be no waiting for either man. They were together. And they were pissed. You worthless, useless, brain-dead waste of skin, Walter shouted as he hurled an expensive vase at his one-time friend. What did I tell you about dealing with mob holdings? I'm sorry, Carl said, not bothering to duck as the pottery whistled past his head. Just give me a coin and I'll make this go away. You've blown almost every coin on covering your own ass, you retard, Walter screamed, only then noticing me standing there. You, leprechaun! Carl heard this and looked up at me, desperate hope peering from behind his eyes. Help me, he whimpered. Walter's holding the coins and there's a mob goon on his way to come get me. I'm just gonna let him have you, Walter said. Why should I give up any more of my wishes for your stupid hide? Get me a coin! Carl begged me. One coin and I can solve this whole problem. Carl, I started. Don't tell me that I'll only make things worse, he whined. These aren't cops coming for us. They'll cut us to pieces. Slowly. Carl, I calmly tried again. I'm going to use these last wishes to rebuild my life, Walter said. And a great life it'll be without you screwing it all up. Carl, ye don't need to hold the coins to make a wish. I said. What? Carl asked, looking betrayed at Walter. They're magic. They know when you make a wish. I honestly hadn't seen someone forget this little factoid before. That's how you've lost count of how many wishes you've made. Just making the wishes enough. Good. Then I wish for... Thunderclap. Walter interrupted Carl's wish. I wish for the thunderclap. What's the thunderclap? Carl asked. I tried to explain it to ye both last year, but Walter here had no wish to know. This sort of setup I had seen many times over the centuries. I guess things were good enough that he never wanted to nullify the deal. That is now over. Your coins have returned to my wallet already, and the thunderclap will be here for Walter to use once I step away. True to my word, at the place where my feet had been a second earlier, there was now a 16th century jade powder-loaded pistol with a single shot the saving thunderclap. Both men surged to the antique-looking magical gun. Carl was a little faster and had the weapon aimed at his former friend in less than a second. But when he pulled the trigger, nothing happened. I'm sorry, I said with unexpected sincerity, but Walter made the wish and it's Walter's solution to employ. 
The taller man slowly took the weapon from Carl's trembling hands. He stepped back several steps, perhaps to prevent Carl from trying to seize the weapon. Carl, for his part, simply stood there with fearful defiance. He's not going to just leave you here, he said as Walter carefully lined the gun sights on Carl's head. He's going to know you're my partner and torture you instead. I'm not going to be here, Walter said with a smile as he pulled the trigger. Like the boom of thunder, the magical weapon flashed and crackled, hurtling the emerald shot therein through the air, and almost close enough to touch Carl's ear as it passed by. It took both men a moment to realize that no one had just died. Walter stood there, shocked, staring at the thunderclap as if it had betrayed him. His treason was placed, of course, in a far more familiar source. Remember that wish ye made last year in secret? I asked with a sigh. Ye feared your friend might try to kill ye, so ye wished he'd not be able to murder ye if he tried. He tried and failed. Your last wish came true. The sound of an approaching car from outside caught both men's attentions. And now, with me gold regained, I'll take my leave, I said, straightening me tie. Enjoy the results of your wishes, gentlemen. The moment ere I left, I heard three things. I heard Walter swear quietly. I heard Carl whimper in terror. And I heard a car door outside slam shut and footsteps approaching the luxuriant home. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. Can you imagine if God were a genie, or leprechaun in this case, and he gave us everything we wanted? Yeah, we destroy ourselves pretty quick. Leprechauns give us what we want. Jesus gives us what we need. Thank you, Matt, for yet another great story. So as we go, please remember to submit a story of your own, subscribe to our show, join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, and tell your friends. And remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network. For more great content and community, visit ChristianGeekCentral.com. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman reminding you that Matt McKinney is Irish, not a cartoon.